It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, all you people interested in the Constitutional Convention. We know you probably just started listening, and this is us from the future, but we wanted to let you know about our Patreon page. Yeah, if you head over to electioncollege.com slash Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, you can join our online community for as little as a dollar a month. Yeah, if you pitch in a few extra dollars above that, you'll be able to get a couple extra episodes every month. And we know you're not sure if you like us yet, but we hope you will in the future, and uh, you'll want some extra episodes. So head on over to the link in the show notes and get signed up. In this episode of Election College, we'll talk about the Constitutional Convention and the Electoral College. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey everybody, I'm Ben Smith. And I'm Jason Goff. And today we'll be talking about the Continental Congress and the Articles of Confederation. So let's get into it. So in the last episode, we talked about the Continental Congress and how it was formed as a response to the Intolerable Acts, or if you're British, the Acts of Coercion. And the um, the Constitutional Convention, um, which was also known as the Philadelphia Convention, the Federal Convention, or hey, if you're feeling fancy... The Grand Convention at Philadelphia. A.K.A. Um, they, John Adams' favorite. Name. Right. Right. That's his favorite name for it because, you know, he's fancy. He fancy. Um, it took place <laughs> from May 25th to September 17th, which is kind of a long convention, if you ask me, of 1787 in Philadelphia. You know, that's why it was called the Philadelphia Convention. You think they had good hotel accommodations? The best. I mean, the president was there. They probably even had soap in the hotel rooms. Uh, dude, this is 1787. Soap is not a big thing yet. Oh, man. Scented candles, maybe? Most likely. I'm I'm all about the clean. Well, if you lived in 1787, you probably wouldn't be as much about the clean. True that. So right now, the U.S. is kind of operating in a loosely cohesive way i mean we've got the articles of confederation um following the independence from great britain and there's some problems with them yeah so the whole purpose of the convention was to revise the articles of confederation but it really was the intention from the get-go from people like james madison and the spin doctor himself the wizard of oz alexander hamilton to create a new government rather than just fixing what was already there do you think Alexander Hamilton knew in the future he would be referred to as um, like the Wizard of Oz and things such as that? The man pulling all the strings? I mean, he had to have. I think he was able to look down through the channels of time and see that, and he embraced it. 
what if he actually just stole all the important documents and everybody's like letters and stuff and just changed them all to say that he did all this stuff and in reality he didn't or maybe he didn't even exist you just blew my mind well the convention delegates i mean this one's really going to surprise you they elect george washington to preside over the convention i know you didn't see it coming um but anyway george didn't even really want to go to the convention because he thought that they would elect them surprise again they're going to elect them. Um, and at the end of the convention, I'm just waiting on the edge of my seat, Jason. What do you think happened? Was there a constitution? There was a constitution. The U.S. Yay! Constitution. Woohoo! We actually, um, we still have that constitution. To this very, very day. I've seen it. How about you? I have. So this episode really... I mean, we're gonna, we talked about the Constitutional Convention, but we're going to go ahead and move on to something that is gonna, you know really impacts the show in a bigger way, um, <laughs> bigger than the Constitution. You know, uh, that's the Electoral College. Yeah. So, in order to appreciate the reasons for the Electoral College, we need to understand the historical context and the problem that the founding fathers were trying to solve. They faced the difficult question of how to elect a president. In this new nation that was comprised of 13 large and small states that were really jealous of their own rights and powers, and they were suspicious of any centralized national government. Right. I mean, they've just come out of this huge war with uh, Britain um, or England or whatever you want to call it, themselves, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> they want to... Um, they want to kind of avoid having this strong central power that can boss them around and tell them what to do. And, um, you know, sure, the Constitution is around or they're working on it, um, but they don't. not everybody realizes all the checks and balances that are there. Yeah, and keep in mind that around this time, the U.S. is only about 4 million people, and these 4 million people are spread up and down about 1,000 miles uh, along the Atlantic seaboard. So they're barely connected by any sort of transportation or any communication. AOL was very much in its infancy at that time. Um, should we explain what AOL is? No, I think if they don't get it, they don't need to. Okay. So the national campaigns were impractical, even if they had been thought desirable. So it wasn't like, you know, hey, I'm mystery candidate and i'm from maine just not practical it uh, yeah well i mean on top of that uh, under the um uh under the influence of some some different british thinkers and obviously in this new america um the idea of political parties and candidates in general is just kind of downright evil i mean it's really not looked at highly yeah and so Really, the whole, how do I say this? The whole mantra of that era was the the office should seek the man, not that the man should seek the office. And and by the way, Ben, Maine, uh-huh. wa- Maine wasn't a state at that point. So just want to Maine make sure. Maine was not a state. Was not one of those original states. Gotcha. So Good to know. I knew somebody was going to make a comment and say, why did he say Maine? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's there. It probably, I mean, the land still existed at the time. I think it belonged so, to Massachusetts at that time. But anyway. 
So how do we choose a president without political parties, without national campaigns, without upsetting this balance between president and Congress and between federal government and state government? How, how do we do this? Do, 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 do. The Electoral College. So there were several ideas at the Constitutional Convention that were considered. Congress should choose the president. How's that sound, Ben? Well, it sounds like it's pretty divisive to me. Yeah, the likelihood of political bargaining and corruption and even interference from foreign powers was thought to be a pretty likely thing if that would were to happen. And that would upset the balance of power between the legislative and executive branches. So, I mean, we hear now about some... You know, backdoor dealings and um, if you vote this way or that way, I'll give you this many million dollars towards your next campaign or whatever the case is. Um, Let's say all of that's not true. Some of it's got to be true. Can you imagine how much of that would be going on even more so and how much more corrupt and everything things would be if the president, uh, the office of the president was at stake with Congress? How much more of that would it be happening? Yeah. So because of that, they thought, here's another idea. Let's have the state legislators select the president. How's that sound? Well, it sounds okay, but I'm ever the pessimist, and I think that if you're going to have the states select the president, why do you even need a federal government? If the states are doing things for you and pulling the strings, Hmm. does the federal government even have any kind of effect? So that was kind of a... um, an opinion that a lot of people had, and and the the Fed people weren't real happy about that. Yeah. Well, what about this? How about a popular vote? Hmm. Well, I mean, I could see it, but uh, the framers of the Constitution, um, they didn't necessarily doubt public intelligence. I mean, maybe they should have, but they didn't (laughs) necessarily. Um, But, I mean, come on, you've got very little information about a lot of these candidates. And if you do have information, that's probably about somebody from your state. So why not just vote for the guy you know? Yeah. And so you got these 13 states and who is going to emerge as the president under this idea of having a popular vote? Because if you've got somebody from Delaware running from president and nobody in Georgia knows who this guy from Delaware is, Georgia has selected their favorite son. You got all kinds of crazy confusion going on. What what was the biggest state at the time, Jason? That is a really good question. Let's pretend like we know. Yeah, let's just say it very confidently. How about how about we say it on the count of one, two, three? Okay. And we'll we'll just blurt it out loud. Ready? All right, sounds good. Okay. One, one Two, two, three. Pennsylvania. Right, exactly. So, um, I think we said that very confidently. So, as long as you say it confidently, we're we're set. Right. Even if you're wrong. Um, The most populous state, which was, of course, the one that each of us just said Pennsylvania. um, Virginia. If they're the biggest and that's a popular vote, and everybody's going to vote for their favorite person or the person they know because things don't travel fast enough to know about everything, 
then nobody from the little states ever gets elected. So now what? Well, how about we have an electoral college? That sounds perfect to me, except I have no idea what it is yet. Okay, well, then these guys who attended the Constitutional Convention, they were really trained well in the classic ancient history government type discipline, right? They learned about it on the internet. Did I sound really smart then? I just said discipline. No. Okay. Well, yes, they had the internet. Nobody else did. So these members of the Constitutional Convention who were really up on their uh, high-speed access, they um, got this idea of having an indirect election of the president um, through this electoral college, and they got the idea from the Romans. Right. The idea came from the uh, Roman Republic where they had the Centurial Assembly, and uh, under that system... Um, any adult male citizens of Rome were divided according to their wealth um, in the groups of 100, believe it or not. Those are called centuries. Hmm. Yeah, and each century was entitled to cast one vote in favor or against proposals submitted to them by the Roman Senate. So in the Electoral College, we have these states uh, serving as the centurial groups. Um, now, of course, this isn't based on wealth. Um, but they're based on centurial groups. And then the number of votes per state is determined by the size of each state's congressional delegation. Genius. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much the best idea ever. Yeah, and with the Electoral College, I know this happens every now and then. I know in the year 2000 when Bush got the electoral vote, but Gore won the popular vote. A lot of people were talking about, oh, let's just nullify this electoral college. This is way outdated. But um, as recently as 2012, um, the 2012 election, uh, there was a judge up in Chicago who gave a pretty good case of why the electoral college is still relevant to us today. Should we clarify what the Electoral College specifically is, and then we'll maybe get into that? Um, I mean, there are a bunch of guys who doesn't caps, know. They're, yeah, they wear caps and gowns. Uh huh. And um, I think they have stripes on the sleeve. Right. And they hang out somewhere in Washington. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I said that confidently. And that means it's true. Yep. <laughs> so for anybody who isn't aware of, of what the Electoral College is at all, and we just explained, oh, here's how the Electoral College was come up with, but we didn't tell you what it is. Basically, when you go to the poll and you vote for president, you're not really voting for the president. You're voting for these dudes or dudettes who um, have a vote, and they go and cast it according to what you've casted. So really, it's kind of a direct election. Um but you have electoral college representatives. So why is it a good thing? Yeah. Well, it's a good thing because according to Judge Richard Posner, um, who's up there in Illinois, he's serving on the U.S. Court of Appeals, um, he said that the, the first reason that it was really good or that it is really good is because of the certainty of the outcome. Um, since almost every state has a, quote, winner-take-all basis for selecting electors, even a very slight plurality in the state 
creates a landslide electoral vote. So victory in that state is overwhelming. So for instance, um, let's pick on my state is Kentucky and we've got eight votes, but the winner of the election only won by, let's say, a percentage point. Well, even though that popular vote was pretty close, the winner takes all eight of those electoral votes. Right. So you've got uh, a ton of electoral votes total, and it is an even number at 538 um, currently. Uh, But a tie is still pretty unlikely just because it's not actually split up uh, that way it's winner take all. Right. And the second reason um, the good judge says that the electoral college is not outdated is because the president really is everyone's president. Right. The, the president really should have a trans regional appeal. And uh, in this system, no particular region has enough votes to elect a president by itself. So it's really looking out for the best interest of the entire country, according to Judge Posner. Yeah. And so the third reason is because of the swing states. You know, we always hear of those states that are called bellwether states or, you know, this year they voted Republican and the next election they voted Democrat. Um, States like Ohio and Florida, they are really powerful and have have the potential of having a more engaged voter base. Because their vote really does matter. And because of this engagement, they're going to be very thoughtful of who they're going to vote for. They're going to show up to the polls come election day. And they're really going to be the ones who determine the outcome of the election. So um, a final – or not a final. A next reason um, is because of big states. And uh, big states really get the advantage because they do have a lot of influence on who wins. And if you refer back to the last election, 2012, Florida, Obama wins by a very small margin, but he picks up all 29 votes. Both candidates, Obama and Romney, spent a lot of time in Florida trying to win those votes. But Obama won by a small margin in the popular vote in Florida, so he picks up all 29 votes. Yeah, and last – and I – always feel weird about saying last but not least. Which one is the least? Well, I mean, you can probably say one of them is the least, but why why make anybody feel bad if you don't have to? Right. So could we say, well, let's make number five feel really bad and say last and least. Or you could say last but not first. Very profound. You're avoiding runoff elections. So, for instance, Nixon in 1968 and Clinton in 1992, they both only had about 43% of the popular vote, but they won a majority in the Electoral College. I think um, Nixon got 301 votes, electoral votes, and Clinton got 370. Anyway, uh, they both were only got that 43% in the popular vote, but they won a majority in the Electoral College. So there was absolutely no pressure to have a runoff election. Right. And especially in the instance, I mean, Clinton got the right 43% of the popular votes because he got a whopping 370 electoral votes. I mean, that's a ton more than you need to win. Do you think 
the first President Bush ever gets mad at Ross Perot for running. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh. I'd say at this point he's not really irritated about it. He's got those funny socks that he wears now, so... Have you ever noticed that? I've never noticed his socks, no. He he wears some crazy socks. You'll have to look that up. <laughs> and I think oh, it's man. because of Ross Perot. Yeah. Ross Perot probably drove him to the point where he had to wear those socks. He's like, I got some crazy socks. So there you have it, the Electoral College. What do you think, Jason? Is it an outdated way of electing our president? Or do you like the way things currently are? I won't offer my personal opinion, but I would love to hear our listeners' opinions over on the Facebook page. Me too. Hey, next time we're going to talk about the uh, first election and the first president. Pretty crazy, right? Yes. We're finally going to start talking about elections. But hey, Ben, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Did you get that crazy email from Canva a little while back that asked, or actually that told you, what number subscriber you were to Canva? I did. It was. I think it was when they hit subscriber number 2 million. Um, or actually, not even subscriber, user number 2 million, right? Uh, there's no subscription with Canva. But um, I was number, this is awesome, right? I was number 1,385,256. That's not a made-up number. That's the number they sent me. So Sweet. I'm pretty cool, right? You're awesome. But let me tell you this. I am number 25,000. 585. Wow. I'm like an early adopter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you don't know about Canva, Canva is a free uh, editing tool for your graphics. And um, if you see something on Canva that you really like and want to use one of their images, it's just a dollar. Uh, They've got lots of preset layouts. Everything is ready for you to go and be basically basically the best graphic designer in the world exactly you will go down in history just like the person who wins the next election we're going to talk about but hey canva has a special offer for our podcast listeners if you go to electioncollege.com slash canva that's c-a-n-v-a they're going to give you a whole lot of love first of all They are going to give you a $10 credit, so just like what Ben was talking about, where it's only a dollar an image, that's 10 images absolutely free just by going to electioncollege.com slash Canva. And um, while you're there, you should also hop on over to our Facebook page at facebook.com election college, our Twitter stream at election college, and why not since you're already at it stalking us quit it already see us on Instagram at Election College yeah tag us there yo please leave us a review we would love that it would make us happy and quite frankly it helps the show get noticed yeah and if you find this content at all interesting and maybe you want the world to know about it click that subscribe button we'd love you for it how about well, now well I think I, I think we've <laughs> creeped them out thoroughly enough So I'm going to go ahead and sign off and say this is Ben. And this is Jason. And thank you very much for listening.
For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.